Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, October 13, 2014. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are at the beginning of the book in the pre-chapter called The Doctor's Opinion on page Roman numeral XXVI, the second paragraph beginning with The Doctor's Theory. Today's readers are reading the OA 12 Steps is Nancy S., reading the OA 12 Traditions is Joanne L., and reading the literature are Rakefet, Chelsea, and Renata. The reference number for Sunday, October 12th is 6949. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Rebecca, and thank you for your service. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, a recovering compulsive overeater. Can you hear me okay? Yes, Nancy. Thank you. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation, 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy S. I will now ask Joanne L. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, Rebecca and everybody on the line. Thank you for your service. This is Joanne L. from New Jersey, recovered. The 12 Traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Joanne L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the doctor's opinion on page XXVI. 
the second paragraph, beginning with the doctor's theory. I will now ask Rakefa to start by reading that one paragraph. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm Rakefa, recovered compulsive overeater in California. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. As laymen, our opinion as to its soundness may, of course, mean little. But as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. So um, what they're talking about, the doctor's theory, was, was stated in the previous paragraph, and the theory is that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. And I like it here that it explains... The last, the last sentence in the paragraph I read is that it explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. I could not account for my overeating all my life until I came to OA 15 years ago. I had no idea that I had a physical allergy. It was so relieving to understand that finally because I definitely thought there was something wrong with me. Everybody around me thought there was something wrong with me my husband, my kids, my, my mom, my sisters. You know, why do you eat like that? What is it? And I never understood why it was. You know, when I see a cake, I don't want a sliver of it. I don't want a taste. I want the whole cake, the whole thing I want just for myself because I know that once I start eating it, I won't be able to stop. And I don't want to start unless I can get my fill. It's just... It's just too painful to start and eat one or two cookies, not eat the whole bag, another bag, another bag. It was just too painful. And I couldn't understand what was wrong with me. I seemed to be adjusted to life in most other areas. I went I went to school. I went. I worked. I got married. Mm-hmm. I had a full job. I had a house. I had a car. All those things on the outside were fine. They looked fine anyway, but I was dying inside because I couldn't understand for the life of me what was wrong with me with my eating. I just couldn't. Why Why was I eating like that and could not stop? I had no idea that, that ingesting sugar was causing me to overeat like that among the, besides the mental obsession. So when they said that you had to, you had to exploit, abstain from all binge foods. That is so true for me. If I now would eat a bite of sugar, I would get almost an electric shock that goes through my body because I've done that. After a long time of abstinence, I have picked up again and it's it's just like an electric shock hits me. The sugar hits me, the electric shock, and I am off and running and nothing, nothing in this world is going to stop me from getting my food. If I have to steal it, if I have to leave my kids all home alone so I can go to the store and buy it, Whatever it takes, I have to have my food after that. I'm like a, I'm like a raging animal that needs to have her food. It's, it's just crazy, insane. And when I finally heard that this is a physical allergy as well as a mental obsession when I came to OA, it was such a relief. It really helped me to understand. It. And it says here, it explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. And that was so true for me. I could never, never account for my overeating all my life, but now I know what it is. It's a mental obsession and the physical allergy, and both of those, both of those, must be addressed. And that's what the doctor's opinion is about. So, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Rakefet. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Carol, Carol, Carol. New York. 
I heard Carol from New York, and then I heard another person, but I didn't catch the name. Sally from South Jersey. Was there anyone else who wanted to share on this paragraph that wants to put their name in now? Renata. Renata. Okay, why don't we go with that for now? Carol, you're first. Someone's tapping. Please mute if you're tapping, even if you're not tapping, unless you're Carol from New York. Hi, uh, this is Carolyn. I recovered. Uh, Carolyn S. is in Sam, recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Um, this paragraph, I remember the first time I, I read it, was you know so powerful for me. Um, you know, as laymen, our opinion may of course mean little, but as ex-problem drinkers slash eaters, we can see or say that his explanation makes good sense. Um, you know, I, I had been to doctors and, you know, basically it was like, well, you know, eat less, move more, you know. And um, I went to so many doctors, you know, psychiatrists, and um, and nobody seemed to catch this, you know. I finally, after many years of, of trying and not being able to control my eating, I finally asked my psychiatrist at the time, you know, is, is there anything for people like me? I know this, this can't be normal, you know. And she said, oh, well, you know, this is after years with her. Uh, there was this binge eating group that you could go to, you know, and I, and it wasn't OA, but I, I went to it. It was at a hospital, and um, that's where I found out about OA, through somebody there. Um, and, oh, you know, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, welcome home. You know, walking in and, and being surrounded by people who got it. What a relief that I wasn't some sort of freak, you know. Um, and uh, in, in terms of, you know, when I ingest the food, I always imagine in the movies you see, um, you know, heroin addicts, you know, they, they shoot up and they get this expression of bliss and their whole body relaxes and it's like, you know, as it hits the bloodstream. That's what it's like for me with sugar. You know, it's, it's just a sick addict reaction. So I have no doubt that I have an allergy and that makes me feel a lot better. It's, it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility now that I have a program to do something about it. Thank you and I pass. Thank you, Carolyn. I'm sorry I got your name wrong. And Sally, you're next. Sally A. I'm sorry. I thought I was muted. I'm speaking away here. Good morning, Rebecca, and welcome back. Good morning, edition for you. To Sally A., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. I would like to speak to this this sentence and specifically this word, the allergy. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. This is really a powerful sentence, and I, I want to just fill it up like a glass and take you to page 44, which I think highlights this term allergy really quite nicely. At the top of page 44, it says, in the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction, they're referring to the types, between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, here's the distinction right here, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. That, I think, is a wonderful 
fuller view of what it looks like to be an alcoholic. Um, but I, I would like to take one more look at what does it look like to have this allergy. Um, I'm looking at Bill's story. For me, all roads lead to Bill. Because it seems like the whole book literally has is, is um, like pinned in his story. So page five, though, the bottom of the page on Bill's story, two paragraphs up, he says, um, okay, just before that, he says, then I went on a prodigious bender and that chance vanished. Okay, here he is. He's trying to stop drinking. He's, he's had a couple of good, strong diets. And then he wakes up the next morning. He says, I woke up. This had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises, but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business. And so I did. Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. That is a perfect picture of me and, and of anyone who is a real, real compulsive overeater, where we have an allergy that ensures that we're going to be, we're going to be wanting more, 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 more. Once we put, ingest any, for me, whatever your substance is, once you ingest that, that substance, it's like you shot yourself in the foot and you're walking around trying to, function on a normal basis when you've got a, a foot that's been shot off with a gun basically you shot the whole foot off and that was when you put the food inside you triggered the allergy of your body and there you go off and running and once you put that in it's like you just shot yourself up with heroin for me that's what it was like shooting myself up with heroin I, I walked around mildly slightly and stoned I just walked around stoned for 52 years of my life I was stoned on various substances that I was allergic to. Um, and I guess that's, I think that's enough. Everybody have a great day. Thanks for letting me share that I passed. Thank you, Sally. Renata. Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata, recovered compulsive baby in New York. And, um, you know, we have an allergy to alcohol. You know, it made me think of my past, you know, being in the pantries or fridge and binging uncontrollably, you know. Um, whenever I picked up that first bite, I could not stop eating. And I remember clearly, you know, uh, starting a binge and like the first five seconds was, you know, that relief, that ease and comfort that I was looking for in the food. And after that, was just playing misery. Um, you know, my brain would tell my body to stop eating. Like, you know, all the thoughts, why I shouldn't be eating that way. Like, I'm going to get better. I'm going to be even more unhappy and miserable. You know, this food doesn't even taste good anymore. But I could not stop. My hand would keep on bringing food to my mouth. My head would be thinking something else, telling my body to do something else, but I could not stop because once I triggered that allergy of the body, there's no stopping. There were even times that I ate so much that my body could not hold the amount of food I I had ingested and I had to throw up and I'm not bulimic. And 
the immediate action I would take right after that, after, you know, I had some space, I would start eating again. So not even physical pain would stop me from eating. Until I reached oblivion, I could not stop. And, uh, you know, today, as a ex-problem compulsive eater, you know, like it says in the promises, I have sanity. The problem does not exist anymore. You know, thank God today I don't have that obsession of the mind that makes me pick up the first bite that triggers the allergy of the body and makes me do crazy things with food. And uh, very grateful. Thanks and all best. Thank you, Renata. This is Rebecca, and I think I'll take a shot at sharing. Um, you know, um, I remember telling someone about this allergy um, theory, and um, she said, oh, that's not what allergy means. And I was taught, and um, I hope this is accurate information, that in 1939, the definition of allergy was different than it is today. Today, it's more clinical, and um, it is more pertaining to a chemical reaction. But back in the 30s, the definition of allergy meant an adverse reaction to a substance. And um, that's why the doctor used the term allergy. And it really works for me to um, now know that I have an adverse reaction to uh, certain ingredients and uh, combinations of ingredients and also to uh, just the act of overeating, to eating too much food, that triggers this adverse reaction in me that um, I don't have that mechanism in my mind that tells me to stop. Instead, the mechanism says adversely, eat more, eat more, eat more, eat more. And I didn't know that about myself until I came into these rooms and learned from those of you who studied this book before I knew anything about it. And I am just so grateful that I was been given the opportunity to find out this about myself because until we know what the problem is, until I knew what the problem was, there was no way on this earth that I was going to put down X, Y, and Z food items that I loved more than life itself, you know? Um, I didn't think it was possible. I, I, I literally, it it was beyond my imagination that I could live one day without these items. But now that I know I have an allergy that when I eat these things, they're the same as poison. They have they cause an adverse reaction in me that causes me to eat uncontrollably. And as I do that, I'm killing myself. And the solution is not to be moderate like I've been trying to do every time I went on a diet. It's to eat none, none, none of it. That's that's the only solution. None. And as unfathomable as that may seem that I would ever be able to eat none, 
I stand before you three years of abstinence eating none. And it's through this program and all of you teaching me how to live that life and uh, having a spiritual awakening and having a higher power to turn to instead of those ingredients that were killing me that have saved my life. And with that, I'll pass. Anyone else want to share on this paragraph? Monica? Hi, Monica. Jake? Leah? Okay. Hmm. Naomi? Okay, wait a minute. Monica, Sue, G, uh, Leah, Rabia, Naomi, Rabia. (laughs) Did I miss someone? And Vasa. Vasa. Thank you. Okay, Monica, Suji, Leah, Naomi, Rabia, Vasa. Did I miss anyone? Okay, Monica, go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater, and you basically took the words out of my mouth that I was going to say. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us, and I have a couple of definitions here. Abnormally high sensitivity to certain substances, or the very simple basic definition that I like, an abnormal reaction. And this is so important. This was very important for me to learn this, that I have a physical allergy. Um, there's a medical reason. This is a medical diagnosis. I have a, um, a abnormal reaction to certain foods. And this was very important, such a basic thing, but an important thing for me to know, that I have this allergy, and what happens? What's, what's the reaction? What is, happens when I, I ingest a binge food, when I ingest a food that I have an allergy to, an abnormal reaction to? Well, I don't break out in hives, and I don't, you know, like people do with uh, allergies the way we usually think of allergies. Um, I tend to break out in a phenomenon of craving. I develop craving and I can't stop. And, and, and like the paragraph says, this explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. Because I couldn't explain it. Why is it? If I start eating something, I can't stop. I want the whole thing. I want three, four more. And um, so I like that abnormal reaction. And it's part of my disease. It's not my fault. But... There is a way out, and I do have a responsibility of working this program that keeps me out of there. And like Rebecca says, the solution to the allergy is 100% abstinence from whatever allergic foods I have, because even just one bite of one of them is enough to set this off, and I'm off and running, and I pass. Thank you, Monica. Sue G. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for your service. It's Sue G. in southeastern Pennsylvania, recovered and grateful. Um, I I turn to my favorite section of the book. I'm just obsessed with it. It's the 12 traditions, and I'm going to read tradition three. The only requirement for AA or OA membership is a desire to stop drinking or compulsively eating. And I'm bringing this up because I think we often talk about who is the real compulsive overeater or undereater or eater or whatever we are. And and we're all welcome here. And 
And that person is the person who is operating according to Tradition 3, that the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. That's all. And so nobody else can define my disease as it relates to me. And this is the interesting thing about disease, that that we all we all share a chronic disease, a problem that that shows that one of its symptoms is eating wrong. We all have that, but we all have a different sickness, and our sickness is what brings us into the rooms. We we get desperate. Oh my God, I can't stop eating, as Dr. Silkworth pointed out. That's that's our problem. We're we're full of this allergy that once we get going, we can't stop, and and yet, if if we don't come in and we don't break through our sickness, my sickness consists of isolation, of denial of my problem, of thinking I'm really different from every other human being who ever walked the earth. I'm all alone here. I can't get help. It's hopeless. It's helpless. Eat, you know. And and I come into the rooms. And the first, the first committee that greets me says, it's time for your deflation. First, you have to stop eating. But wait, I can't stop eating. I want to eat. But you have to stop eating for at least 10 minutes so that you're ready to start working some steps. And for some of us, we have to stop eating for 15 years. There are people in our fellowship that do that. I'm very grateful that I walked in surrendered because I'd had the 12 steps somewhere else. But that's my story. And, and how long did I take to surrender the food? 15 years in another fellowship. So that's the news, folks. It takes time to do this. It's hard work. And it's wonderful because cause I'm, I'm here talking to you, and my husband's going for his lymphoma biopsy this morning, and I'm in a good mood. Why is that? Because I can hold on to the mood because of my recovery. I'm not alone anymore. And thanks for all your phone calls, and I pass. Thank you, Suji. Leah. Thank you so much for your service, Rebecca. This is Leah, recovered compulsive overeater. Very exciting to be in the doctor's opinion. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. I don't know about you. You know, I spent uh, five years in the rooms of OA from 1982 to 1987, and the doctor's opinion was never cracked open. Uh, you know, I had to learn about... Uh, what my disease was comprised of, uh, an allergy, it says here. Now, allergy doesn't mean, you know, a cough or a runny nose or a rash for me. It means simply an abnormal physical reaction to a physical substance. So the allergy of the body that I get when I overeat is this phenomenon of craving, this phenomenon uh, where there's no explanation. I get cravings that I can't explain. Um, the the essence of the craving is that I simply cannot stop. Once I take that first bite, that first bite takes me. It's like I am biologically mandated. My very cells demand to be satisfied beyond my ability to control it. So I can't, uh, just like I can't stop breathing or blinking my eyes, I am unable once I take that first bite uh to to stop or predict when I want to stop. You know, instead of quenching my thirst, for instance, it or satisfying me, it the feeling intensifies. 
So the big book is giving me an education here because I don't want to just be an OA member. I want to be a recovered compulsive overeater. So the big book is giving me an education about the exact nature of my condition. I knew when I came in, crawled in, that I had a problem with food and compulsive overeating. I knew that much, but I didn't know how my disease functions. And I got that education once this book was cracked open, specifically this doctor's opinion. I got an education that I found in the big book. Because even though the big book here is talking about alcohol and alcoholism, and I'm a compulsive overeater, when it uses the words, when I use the words food and compulsive overeating instead of alcohol and alcoholism, the big book is talking about me. The big book is talking about me. Because when I reviewed my history, my eating history, I could identify from way back certain substances that had that same effect on me. It wasn't just a taste sensation. When I ate certain foods, my body was triggered, and I would eat more and more of that food, and I would stop feeling. I would get numbed out. I just acted by eating more and more until I was anesthetized, until I was sedated, until I was drunk with food just like an alcoholic. So I learned that certain foods had that physical effect on me. It was like a drug effect. I have this problem, and it is a very bad problem. Obviously, I have a problem worse than that. But I first had to understand that I have a physical allergy that, yes, I am bodily different from most people pertaining to food, and I have to refrain from that, I have to be in an absolute state of food sobriety, if you will, have to be as sober with food as an alcoholic is with alcohol, no compromises, no middle ground, otherwise the trigger, you know, I'm going to get triggered and the phenomenon of craving will, uh, will be stimulated. So I had to identify those specific foods that I have an allergy to. And that's exactly the education that I'm getting here in the doctor's opinion, and I'm grateful for it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Kelly, compulsive overeater, commissioner. Uh, thank you, Leah. We have two people in line already, Naomi and Rabia. And did you say Hillary? Kelly L. Kelly. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. There's another person. My pen was covering Vasa's name. So, Kelly, I'll put you down. Naomi? Yeah, I'm now. here. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. Always wonderful hearing your voice. Well, you know, it's a hard act to follow with Leah, but I'm going to give it a shot because she's just so eloquent. I just love her to pieces. Well, yes, I am Naomi, a recovered compulsive overeater from South Georgia, South Philadelphia, or outside Philadelphia. I don't even know where I live at this point. But when I first started to read the doctor's opinion, when I first entered OA, and I saw that they were reading the Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm thinking, what are they reading this for? I do not have a problem with alcohol. My problem is with food. My problem is with food since I was a, I was born that way. And I even went as far as having the lap band surgery. And thankfully, after four pounds, the doctor turned on me. And he was vicious and he was insulting. But that was the best thing he could have done for me. Because of this allergy and this phenomenal craving that I have in my body for food, if he had made the lap band so tight that I could barely get any food down, my brain would be going out of my mind. It would be going so wild, feed me, feed me, while my body would say, I'm not taking the food. So thankfully, all blessings happened, and my journey started that day that he turned on me. 
And I see myself also, when I ingest something, because one time, by mistake, it was just a lot of crazies going on, I did ingest something that had flour. The first thing, because I'd been off it for three years, the first thing that I could do, I tasted the flour, and I instantly threw the product out. And I was with my daughter. It was a very serious uh, physical condition that my husband had. And my daughter said to me, Mom, I don't know what you were thinking by eating it. I said, Rebecca, I'm not thinking. But I instantly tasted and I threw it out because it's not what I it, it's not what I eat. And the other thing that I want to point out, my other daughter is in the medical field. And when I told her I have this disease of compulsive eating, she goes, "That's not a disease. Cancer is a disease. Outsiders just don't get it, and it doesn't matter. I get it. That is the important thing. And I don't I don't want those foods, and I don't eat those foods because I do not have an off switch." And once I ingest those foods, there is no stopping. There's no stopping at all. Thank you for allowing me to share. And I pass. And I love vision. I listen to it every morning. I'm so thankful for the founders back in July of 2012 because it's literally saving my life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Naomi. Robbie. Hey, good morning. I'd like to share. What is your name? Uh, my name is Nancy. Nancy, I'll put you on the list, but Robbie Thank is going to speak right now. Good morning, everyone. My name is Rabia, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And um, as a newly recovered compulsive overeater, I'm having such a profound experience this morning, listening to the doctor's opinion live. Um, The last time I listened to it on this line, I went back into the recordings and listened to each day because... I just found vision for you. God guided me here in April. I was working with my guide, um, and I wanted, and I went back to to be in the doctor's opinion with all of you. So this is the first time I'm on the line live, going through the doctor's opinion, and and more will be revealed. God is constantly um, showing me because every morning I ask, "What can I be of service? How can I lovingly serve you today, God?" How, um, uh, with another suffering compulsive overeater. So there's two things I'd like to share. And one, a very recent experience I just had with um, this phenomenon of craving. And um, as a newly recovered, um, I was out. I was out with a bunch of friends, and we were all eating. And I, there was something that I, in no way, would have ever thought had sugar in it. And I put one in my mouth, and like an electric shock. My tongue spit it out, and I picked up a glass of water and rinsed out my mouth. I, I, I'm, shock, I'm shocked by the reaction my body had to that. My body did not want sugar in it in any way, or, or it, it was an electric shock, and, and in a, and in a repulsive way, and, and, and I'm still blown away by that, you know, and. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because that is what living in the 10, 11, and 12 step does. You know, that we will recoil from it, like from a hot flame. I felt like I had put a lit torch in my mouth. And and that's a miracle. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'm so grateful for that. So I'm on the line now and I'm realizing, what is my responsibility? You know, I'm I'm sitting here on this line hearing this from me. My responsibility is that I need to have a newcomer on this line with me 
who is who I can be guiding her through the big book. And so so I say to the woman who called me this weekend, really ready to start, really wanting a, someone to guide us through the big book, you know, I said, let's pray about it for two days while you are entirely abstinent. And, and I sit here and I say to this woman, yes, yes, yes. I'll, I'll, we are going to go through this big book. We're going to go. We're going to be here live together on this doctor's opinion. And I'm realizing also, you know, in my face-to-face meetings, we are so blessed. We started a live a vision for you face-to-face meetings in my community here. And I was at that meeting Thursday night, and many of us have recovered now. And I was looking around the room. There's not one newcomer in that meeting. Not one of us brought a newcomer that we're guiding through this big book, including myself, you know. So what is my responsibility? My responsibility is to pass this on and to every face-to-face meeting I go to, I need to have a newcomer sitting next to me who I am, through the grace of God, guiding through this big book. Otherwise, it is so selfish and self-centered of uh, of me. You know, I, I need to be learning more about this journey while I'm passing it on to a newcomer. And I'm feeling my body's vibrating this with this right now, you know. And it's like God, and I'll end by saying this, you know, in the 11th step, you know, what am I doing today when I retire at night? You know, what am I doing today to help another recovering compulsive overeater? What am I letting God pack into my stream of life? Well, part of packing into my stream of life better be looking like working with another newcomer face-to-face and on the line. And 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 it's not convenient, you know. Like, it is not convenient. I am exhausted with all the work God wants me to be doing. And the joy that comes with it is unspeakable. I can't even express it. And it's what I must be doing, must. All those musts, well, now God is showing me what I must be doing and and thank you, all of you. You give me the power every morning and the willingness and the love. You know, God is revealed in every meeting on this line uh, to show me what I need to do every day. And you're the source of my strength through the God in all of you. And thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Rabia. Vasa. Go ahead with sharing on this paragraph. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. My name is Vasa, and I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater, and I'm calling from Foxborough in Massachusetts, and I'm waiting for my husband to get out. Hurry up. Sorry about this interruption. Um... Okay, I'm sorry. I I like to be by myself and share my program with myself and people that can be like me. Anyways, uh, I'm so grateful that I started with the big book years and years ago. That's how I started my Overeaters Anonymous with the big book because people were doing the big book. We didn't have as much literature. And I learned. I got the education right here in the big book. This is a physical emotional and spiritual disease and I went for the physical first I uh, what I learned was that the physical
physical allergy, the craving with the mental obsession that I struggled for 25 years of my life, and I did not understand why I cannot like eat, eat like others. Why? What was wrong with me? Why I could not stop and keep it down? And it's not like I didn't try. I tried it over and over and over so many times and being so frustrated in many ways. I mean, I found the solution, you know, here. And what I needed to do, I needed to put the sugar down. I didn't know it was a drug. I just loved to eat it, and I could not stop eating. And with my diets, I could put it, you know, for one day or two days, but I could not keep it down. But once I learned it was an allergy, it set up craving with a mental obsession. And that's what I focused at the beginning. I needed to put the food down, the sugar especially, and then focus on the other steps of the program. And for me, I did put the sugar down. It was not easy. Uh, The craving was there. I was feeling the crawlies going through the withdrawals. But no matter what, no matter what, I kept on praying to God, and I would talk to people that were in recovery, what they were doing. And I did what they did, got on my knees, you know. And also, I did go back to the white flower. I said, well, maybe... Maybe with my abstinence food, I will try. Maybe I can handle that. And you know what? That set up a craving with a mental obsession. I couldn't have just a little bit. I wanted more and more and more with my abstinence. And then I got in an AWOL. I know they're not A approved. I mean, they were not A approved or O approved or whatever. But I got into that, and I got off that, and and I just stayed off of it. And I know some of my friends, could, I'll just wrap it up, they could not wait to get off and go back to, to their drug of choice. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people did. I needed to do for myself what was working for me. Thank you for letting me share and for your patience. And I apologize for the interruption. Uh, there was no interruption. Thank you, Vasa. Kelly? Yes, this is Kelly L., a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you for letting me share. I'm going to be quick. I know there's other people that want to share. Um, this paragraph, there's so much hope in this paragraph. Um, I'm so grateful to the uh, doctors here that were willing to bend the rules and explore you know that there there was another medical option here for these this hopeless group that there could be an allergy and uh, thank God that they you know laid the groundwork that they you know were the bedrock for us to follow that catapults us into other um, avenues to explore you know of the nature of this disease and um, wow I just love this paragraph there's just so much hope here and then once you know, we, we grasp the idea that it's an allergy, you know, that I'm not, I'm not strange, that I'm not uh, horrible when I'm standing next to the, uh, you know, food table at a party and can't seem to walk away from it while others are having a good time dancing and socializing. You know, I'm not, you know, it's, it's 
I have a pro- you know that's my problem. And then once I get that, it's a twist of the mind and allergy. Um, I can move on and uh, explore other avenues. Uh, move on to the next problem. You know, find out the next nature of this disease. And uh, I'm just grateful to these men that laid the uh, pathway here for me to follow. And thank you for letting me share. That's I pass. Thank you, Kelly L. Nancy, you are next. Nancy, we don't hear you. Press star one to unmute. Well, I was just talking. Thank you so much. Do you hear me now? Yes, Nancy. Okay. I said good morning. My name is Nancy. I'm a grateful recover compulsive reader, and uh, I just called this morning to express my gratitude for uh, going over, for starting over. You know, it is said that the only form of permanence is repetition. And uh, I, my disease is always there, waiting for an opportunity. And it is important for me to have this information, these directions, uh, gone over day after day after day. That's the way I find permanent recovery, by hearing this information over and over. And to be reminded that I have an allergy of the body, that if I ingest these substances will set up a physical grave craving. I'm so grateful to hear that message again. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everybody. This is Florence in Virginia. Thank you, Nancy. Florence, it's your turn. Oh, well, um, God bless you all. God bless the vision for you. I just want to express my gratitude also. Um, I can be a, a stickler for words and you could say that when I when I eat these substances, um, flour, sugar, binge foods, um, it affects my memory and I forget how much pain uh, that I can be in. Um, I just want to say uh, I so appreciate the experience, strength, and hope that shared and the graciousness of the, the women that are, lead these meetings. Um, it, 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 it's a deep program and, I, I, and we're listening to you, listening to how you handle things. Um, all I can say is that um, it's blessed me in a, in a big way. So thank you very much. And with that, I pass. Thank this you, is Joy Ann. I'd like to share. Did you say Did you Joy? Say Joy. Yeah. Joy Ann. Joy Ann. Yes. Joy Ann. Yes. Joy Ann. 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 Joy was there a second person? Hmm. Okay, Joanne, go right ahead. This is Millie in Canada. I'd like to share, please. Lily, okay, we have um, four minutes. So if you could each share for two-ish instead of three-ish, that would be great. Go ahead, Joanne. And Joanne, we cannot hear you. Press star one to unmute. Okay, I don't know how I got muted, but all right. Uh, Joanne, compulsive overeater, bulimic, anorexic. Um, you know, I used to, um, I was shocked to find out that I was allergic to sugar and flour. I didn't even know what that meant. And I came into OA in 1968. And and everybody was they handed me the gray sheet and they said this is what you do. There was nothing else to talk about, 
and my being a bulimic anorexic, I was not that welcomed because there weren't that many people like me that came into the program. So I went back out for years just trying to find a way to eat the way I wanted to eat. And um, I started, I got very overweight, and then I I started drinking the Ikapak that forces vomiting. And I was so ill that I couldn't even go to work. And I had such a hard time doing that. And so then uh, I, with myself, I'm very careful what I put in my mouth. I don't go to restaurants. I cook my own food because I'm so sensitive to anything that um, I put in my body that's not fresh food. Um, I, um, I, I, I went and got a five-hour glucose tolerance test from the doctor because I thought, those people are wrong telling me I can't eat sugar or flour. And he told me, he says, you're pre-diabetic. He says, you need to stop eating what you're eating. And I didn't believe him. I kept going out there and doing that. I used to lay on the floor and moan because I had so much food. And then the Ikapak stopped working. So I've been through it. I know what it's like. And uh, when I had surgery a couple of years ago, uh, I made sure that the IV wasn't full of dextrose. Um, I took my granddaughter with me, and I said, you read the bag. Make sure that I'm okay. I have to be very careful what I do because it's my life. And I, when I hear people share, I get that feeling inside of what it's like, that what sugar does, because I do get a jolt when I, when I eat it, when I did eat it. And, um, and then it takes over, and then it becomes my higher power. Then I, I, I'm, I'm lost. And then the withdrawals are so crazy, I want to throw myself in front of a car. It's horrible what happens to me. So I am so grateful that I'm not doing that to myself anymore. So I'll, I'll pass now to the, to the next person. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joanne. Lily, you'll be our last person to share. Go right ahead. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you. This is Nellie. We covered in Canada. I just, the whole thing about the, you know, the previous paragraph in this book is just as important as the one we're studying where it says, you know, the, that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. And for me, the whole thing about absence is really a mindset. You know, it's, I am recovered and living in a recovered state of mind is I cease fighting anything and anyone because that's what the big book says. And so I cease fighting the food. You know, I have, I have um, medically diagnosed food intolerances. I honor those. But as far as, you know, as far as absence is concerned, you know, my absence is about, you know, abstaining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. So what that means is food has to stay out of my head. You know, for me, bottom line is food belongs in my stomach. It doesn't belong in my head. And so as soon as I start obsessing over something, it's like, okay, God, you know, where are we in this? What has to happen? You know, what has to, what has to be done? And that has been, that to me is the most simple indicator. You know, I don't obsess over a little bit of flour and something, or a little bit of sugar and something, you know, because I know that God is going to get, God is going to be okay with me and God is going to protect me and God is going to walk me through this. And it's because, you know, the big book tells me on page 85 is that, you know, all we have is a daily reprieve. 
And what we have is a daily reprieve contingent of the maintenance of our spiritual condition. So for me, that means if, if I'm in a spiritual, you know, if I am constantly willing to enlarge my spiritual life by living in steps 10, 11, and 12, then I, there's nothing I have to worry about, you know, because God will look after me because it's not, that's not the focus, you know, on what absence, what recovery and absence is about. You know, I do not want to live in my head because if I do that, I really haven't changed anything. You know, I was just as obsessed about, you know, all the food I was ingesting about, and I can just be just about, I can be just as obsessed about, about the, all the food I'm not ingesting. So, you know, to me, that's what this is. This is, this is what absence is about. Absence by OA World Service is defined as the action of refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors. And for me, it's just compulsive food behaviors that get me into trouble because that's all the stuff that hangs out in my head. You know, it's all the stuff about, oh, yeah, you know, oh, no, it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that and whatever. Because what happens is I don't trust. I live in fear. I live in that fear that that food is going to harm me. And and living in fear, you know, living in fear means I'm self-reliant. I'm not relying on my higher power because, again, that's what the big book tells me. So. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you, Lily. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And as it turns out, it would be Chelsea who will read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. This is Chelsea, Recovered Compulsive Overeater for today. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us, some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.